Welcome back to episode three of the All Music Is Good podcast. This week we'll be checking out albums from Chloe, the Luke Howard Trio, Zara McFarlane and the DMAs. And if that wasn't enough, we will be going some way to correcting the rampant gender inequality that has been on display in our first two episodes with a very special guest reviewer today joining us. But before I go any further, I'd like to introduce you to someone who is without a doubt the yin to my yang, the bomber to my bulldog, the sixth string to my four string, the north side to my south. Let me say hello and welcome to Arik Bloom. Hey Arik, how you doing? I'm really good, Waza. How are you going? Uh, I've had a pretty good week if you want to rank it on the COVID mental wellness scale. What about you? I've I've been good. I've been good. I'm I'm a bit I'm tired today, but um I think I say that every week. Um <laughs> but I'm good and I and I'm even better for being here with you and Kylie today. Um specifically Seeing uh, that you're wearing sunglasses inside again, that makes me really, really happy that, that, that you know, we're here. Well, maybe we're here I lied. It. Maybe I lied when I said I was well on the COVID mental wellness scale, but you got to do what you got to do. I think you're doing the, are you doing the Daniel LaRusso um, black eye look? Have you copped a, a beating by a bunch of karate people? Did you watch Karate Kid last night? Because I watched it. I, it was on TV. I didn't, but uh, that seems quite, oh, that's quite weird. topical then. That is so weird. One of my favourite ever movies. Um, firstly, I have some homework from last week that I need to get back to you on. I'd like to say a big thank you for putting me onto Little Sims. Um, I went back and listened to the first two albums this week and I really loved them both. And realistically, I think I'm at least 17 to 19% cooler now that I have Little Sims in my life. And I'm also going to say on the homework... On the homework um, side of things, I decided to listen to Little Fishes, Weird Fishes, sorry, by um, Radiohead after we did the Liana Harvest album last week and her cover of it. And, oh, my God, the Radiohead version, well, the original version is awesome, but they're both awesome songs. I love it so much. Mm. Oh, look, it's uh, it, it's hard to, hard to fault that. So good. Um, secondly, Arik, um I think we need to give a special shout out to our inaugural Instagram like recipient this week. There was a lot of thought and time that went into making this decision. So I I made a list of criteria that I thought was important to make sure our first like on IG was was Instagram worthy and worthy for the All Music Is Good podcast. So should I run you through the list? I thought I was the first like. No, no, no. first, First on the list. Go, go, go. Of my key criteria, selection criteria, was that this this person needed to have international credentials, uh, a real jet setter, someone we could relate okay. to and who I felt would relate to us. Secondly, the person okay. needed to have a killer smile, one, one of those smiles that could you know that could power a small Icelandic farming community during the depths of winter. A smile like a Tony Barber, very very type Tony smile. Barber. Maybe Glen Ridge, but more Tony Barber. I hear you. Um, like that, this smile could convince me to buy, like you know, an off-the-plan Dockland apartment project that's sort of due to be started in 2030. Like a killer winning smile. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. You know who this yep, person yep, is yet? Yeah, I do. I, I know that smile. Okay. All right. I still don't. Okay. So third, 
and this might give it away on my key selection criteria, was that he had to be able to drive a car really, really fast and have a capacity to overtake other people under braking around hairpin bends. That was a must. So if you don't know it, he might not know it yet either. But we're currently reaching out to his management team, but I'd like to congratulate Australian Formula One driver Daniel Ricciardo, or Daniel Ricciardo, as being the inaugural honorary on Instagram, like for the All Music Is Good podcast. It's a, what? It's a massive moment in this podcast short history, and I'm sure Daniel will feel as equally stoked, but it's a, it's, you know, it's a big thing that we've done, and um, yeah. And it's oh, a big, it a big thing. Decision. That is huge. That is huge. Daniel Ricciardo, or R- Ricciardo. Uh, Ricciardo. Um, Thank you for being the inaugural uh, All Music Is Good podcast fan. Um, we are fans. Um, I like driving. I just drove my Ford Fiesta to Bunnings, and um, I can <laughs> safely say that I I totally get your vibe. You know, I I get that same feeling when I'm rolling fifty k's an hour in a forty zone down Sydney Road. Man, what a legend. I think next week, I think we should do one every week, one like every week, and we'll give a shout out to that person. I love that. That's a great idea. All right. So, Arik, yes. to lead us into the first review this week, I need to take our listeners back in time to last Saturday night around 11 p.m. Shortly after we finished okay. the show last week, you gave me a call. And the first thing you said to me was, Waza, we've got a major issue going on with this show, and we need to do something about it. My response to you was, Arik, we That's only true. have done two episodes into this thing and we've got a grand total of eight plays and at least four of those uh, were from us. So maybe, just maybe, we should wait till we get some actual listeners before we address this issue, which I may add, I do think is important, very important. But no, Arik, you were adamant that no one wants to hear two middle-aged dudes crap on about music, even if you are one of those middle-aged dudes who decided to do this show in the first place. So... That's true. That led us to the question that if we were going to get someone, who should we get? But you came back to me with your own list of criteria. And I quote, Waza, I would love a female presence on this show, but it can't just be anyone. It needs to be a person in the industry, someone who has a passion for music, preferably a singer... Someone famous who's had at least a billion streams on Spotify but is also humble enough to laugh at our jokes even if they aren't funny. Well, after much hipster stubble stroking, the electric light bulb went off in my head and I said, Hey, Eric, I play in a band with someone who fits that exact criteria. Plus, she's a mega legend and she's also a member of the exclusive Backyard Hot Tub Club. Which we I might add, we should make that as a mandatory rule for all future guests. And I'm going to say before she gets bored That's, with this uber long introduction and logs off, I think we need to give a big "All Music Is Good" podcast welcome to the Queen of Melbourne Soul, the one and only Kylie Oldest. Kylie Oldest, welcome. Thank you very much, guys. It's so lovely to be here. I can't believe I've been invited. Well, as a middle-aged woman. <laughs> I'm very happy to be a part of your lovely little, you know, party where we talk about stuff. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Well, yes, I'm very excited. How are you, Kylie? I'm great. I'm just trying to think that, yeah, do I fit all the criteria? And, and 
Um, thank you for, for moulding the criteria to fit me. I didn't mould it. That was RX criteria. It had nothing to do with you. You just like you just fitted it. <laughs> How lovely, Eric. Well, I very much appreciate that. And I hope that you've been doing um, maybe with your likes. I just had to look up Daniel Ricciardo then because I didn't actually, sorry, I didn't know about his smile. That, yeah. Um, that's so exciting, you guys. I can't believe it. That is so famous. I'm very, very proud well, of him. Well, he doesn't like us. We actually um, like him. Just... It's oh, but he, you said he liked you. No, no, no. We liked him. <laughs> he didn't like it's us. It's raining. Oh. It, <laughs> okay. Buzzer. Shh, <sighs> shh. Kylie, last time I saw you, we uh, we we were we had a sing along, I believe. Um, in in the in the moment of uh COVID unlockdown, and uh and I recall your you harmonising two strong hearts by Farnham. Um, so amazingly that you had a, a room full of about 15 people just in awe of the way they sounded. Um, that was such a fun time. Well, I just wanted to say about RX Party that I very much enjoyed that and that you have some very, very good singers in your household. Well, I mean, he he would say two strong hearts, but I really think I was also at that, um, that shindig in that three weeks of unlockdown that we had. And I think that I actually had the selection of the night in Boys to Men, End of the Road, which is a karaoke favourite of mine and a, a karaoke winner. It was. It was. In fact, um, I would I would dare say End of the Road could well be the karaoke all-time song. Any song that elicits four-part harmonies is something... Well, actually, that's maybe not that... Maybe that's not good when you've got four people who can't sing in tune. That Maybe that's not the best song. But anyway, it does lend itself for people who can sing in tune to be a very good karaoke song. Anyway, Kylie, how are you? What's what's happening in your world? I'm great, thanks. Uh, I haven't um, – I thought we should do the, the podcast from the spa, but then was said that was a bad idea because electricity, uh, et cetera, and water doesn't mix. But maybe in the summer we could, you know, like get a boom mic stand or something like that and all of us can do it from the spa. I like that idea. I mean, I'm a bit concerned that you're kind of, you're sort of rolling in and usurping the entire production <laughs> That's operation. That's what I said. But I'm down with, the, I'm down with a boom operator. Um, um, yeah, I'm definitely down with a boom, a boom operator. Um, perhaps we could look at Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> as boom operator. Poor boy. Um, Extraordinary. Totally. Uh, now you've got a new album coming out soon, Kylie. Is that right? I have. Yes. Myself. Yes, I do actually. Well, thanks. Thanks for um, bringing that up. I, I don't know where it is at the moment. It's it's out in the, it's in the ether. So uh, I get in I get emails from England and uh, they 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 tell me that something's happening with it and that it, perhaps it will it will become apparent into the in, in the waves of sound out there in the world in um, August sometime, which is next month. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear it, um, considering I had a fair bit to do with it as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Sorry, Can't what, wait. Eric, why are you on this show? I think, is it should we just call it the Was Show? Shut up, Kylie. <laughs> yeah, I think we should call it the Was Show. Um, all right, well, let's stop crapping on. Maybe let's get into the music, should we? Yeah, I'm into it. Let's go. Let's let's introduce the first record for the week, and uh, that is by Clo, um, and the album is Maybe We Could. Um, Clo is a collaboration between Melbourne cousins Chloe Cole and Simon Lamb. Uh, they first emerged onto the scene in 2014 with the EP Cusp, which uh, fused elements of R&B, UK Garage, Two Step, 
with modern sensibilities and wide-eyed sincerity, which continued on with their 2016 EP, Cusp. Oh, I think I said Cusp. That's not right. That's bad research on my behalf. It was a different one. Anyway, um, they received heaps of streams for these releases, played Splendor in the Grass. They played Great Escape in uh, the UK. Um, they were listed as one of the artists to watch on the uh, BBC One feature. Um their song uh, in 2017 they released their full length debut Backwater uh, New York Times gave it a review and said the album was euphoric quick stepping production which bridges fiery garage and joyous disco um, the guys toured internationally throughout 2017 uh, across the states but I was reading that um, they suffered from a lot of heavy burnout from uh, a lot of these tours uh, they were travelling globally on a shoestring. And as we all know, I mean, the three of us have all toured internationally and it's tough to do, you know, when you're sort of at that lower level and you're trying to run an album. Uh, so this album nearly didn't happen. Uh, so let's review Chloe. Maybe we could. Arik, what did you think? So I, um, I've i seen Chloe once. I saw them at uh, Laneway, <clears throat> Laneway Festival in 2000 18 i think it was and um it was immediately attracted to the kind of sound that they were doing on a live sense um if i'm to be totally honest i'd never listened to their actual recorded work until reviewing this record and i can safely say that upon listening i was incredibly excited by this um by this output i i think to kind of put it into a context it's 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 not very often that we see in our hometown um, a sound that really kind of competes on the international level in the realms of sort of really current hip twenty twenty pop music. Yep. And I and I feel Chloe have completely nailed it. Yep. Um, totally. For me, I I was I was straight in from the from the first song and and really just enjoyed the entire experience of listening to the record. Um, I guess it gave me shades of early weekend, um, and and in terms of the kind of chord changes um, that were kind of backing the songs, it you know it, it not necessarily sonically, but just I, I got that feeling of that sort of James Blake sort of aesthetic in relation to the the harmony and the chords, and I absolutely love the record. Um, I think it's an amazing an amazing album. Um, what about you, Was? Well, I think we should throw it to our guest reviewer and tell us what she thinks. What do you reckon, Kylie? Oh, oh. well, I think you guys have just said everything. I can just go now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, I'd never heard of this band before. And um, to be honest, I, I would probably only listen to this sort of music when my son Reggie comes over and plays it for me. So I really thank you guys for this opportunity to actually go out there and force myself to listen to stuff that, that is not what I would choose. And um, and I found it like well, I listened to it in the garden first, and it was like to just to listen in the back of my head um, as a first impression. I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I can really understand it or really get it. So I can't. This uh, this album, I ended up loving it because, but I had to build it. You know, I had to I had to build my understanding of it, <clears throat> and I had to go and I went and listened to it. Like I went and watched them sing playing live, and um, because I've never seen them play live in in real real time, but to watch some videos of them just because I don't. Oh, cool play an instrument and I can't pl- I can barely even turn my computer on right so 
for me to understand how they make the sounds and, and how he was using her voice to make sounds and make that into music and then how they would just play their own voices and sounds and use that and build it. And, and they, her voice is so delicious and perfect and quiet and as a singer for my, myself, having you know sung in noisy venues my whole life, struggled to be heard. It was just it's so refreshing to hear such a sweet, soft vocal, um, be allowed to do whatever it wants, be allowed to fly in any direction. I got the impression that maybe she was a folk singer, Kylie. Yeah, she started as a folk singer, but she, but her her cousin was. Um, her mum said <coughs> that you know maybe to her to her cousin maybe you should record her, and he started using the um the so- her sounds of her voice to build tracks, and then she was like you know you can uh, hear sold that. on that. So yeah, I just I love that they and when you see them live, it's like they're not really you know. Uh, <clears throat> there's no sort of front person. It's not like she comes out the front and sings to the people. It's like she uses her voice as an instrument. And then they both, it's like you're watching. And I read one review where somebody said, oh, it's uh, club music for shy people. And it's so true because they're yeah, basically nice. just uh, sitting in that room. And you, it's like you're watching them sing in their bedroom, which is kind of cool. So mm. I, I feel like it's really um, music that needs to be listened to live because then you can actually feel it build. You can, you know, because every song they set up for such a long time and they set it up and set it up and then <clears throat> then you go into it and you, it's like it becomes a soundscape, a dreamscape. It's like and you're in it and then um, – it's like they they just they mess with your head. Then they, you know they get you've got all the pieces and then they build it and push it around and show you because if you don't know like if I can't see and I if I'm just doing my gardening I don't know what they're doing. I, it just seems to me all a bit of a blur and I don't know what they're doing. So for me to actually see oh she just sang that bit and now that's getting repeated and I and I am a major fan of repetition. I love repetition. It's such a it's like mm. <clears throat> you need to be in it. You need to be there and it needs. To, I think you need drugs. <laughs> it's like you just need to be in the zone <laughs> and really. I, I loved that part of it. So for me to like, for you guys to make me listen to it and think about it and go there was really interesting. So yeah, thanks for that. So, so on that on that on that point, Kylie, um, I when I saw them at Laneway, um, I, uh, I I certainly took the advice that that you just espoused. <laughs> In fact, it was the second second act post. Uh, uh, I guess you know, um, post ingestion. <laughs> after I, I, I'd seen Moses Sumney, I, I saw Moses Sumney. I, I think first and was like, okay, life is amazing. And then I saw Chloe, and I was like, life's amazing. So I, uh, I, I totally, I totally can appreciate that. It's got that amazing down tempo, chill kind of thing that, um, that that's just perfect for you know, yeah, feeling good. I um. Yeah, like um, I, I guess um, from my end, I was, I I recommended this album to be reviewed this week, and uh, I didn't know anything about it. I just read Electronica in the description. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll, let's do an Electronica album. We don't have one of these, and and they were from Melbourne. It's like, great, let's do it. And I hadn't seen them, and I was really pleasantly surprised right from the outset. Um. Arik, I think it's fair to say that both of us can get a bit OCD about sound production. Would that be a fair call? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> it's fair. And to be honest, I don't think um, anyone out there on the internet really deserves to have to kind of sit through that kind of no. mental health <laughs> well, issue. I'm not, not going to go there, but it's it's one of those things with sound production, like you can't bullshit your way through making an album sound good if you don't know what you're doing. And... 
you know, even in today's world of like ready-made sample packs and studio-grade mix plugins, you know, when it all, like when it boils down to it, you need good source sounds, a good mix, and a great master. That's fair. Agreed. Fair. Yeah. So, look, if you don't have those things, then invariably it will lead to a poorer result. So, when I put this album on, right from the first track, the production aesthetic was like was out the front on show. The sonic palette was on the money. And I thought that continued through the whole album. And it said to me from the outset, like, that these guys were serious about what they do. And so that's a big tick in my book. Totally. I think, um, I mean, if you actually look up, I believe I believe his name's Simon Lamb. Yes. Uh, he's one of, I don't, I don't know if there's more siblings, but related to Nick Lamb, mm-hmm. amazing guitar player and dear friend. Um, Simon Lamb, I believe, is a, he's a pretty well-known producer and mix engineer and also a mastering engineer. So... It's okay. a no surprise yeah. that this record is um, is hitting in that in that weight division. That makes so much sense. But I mean, like the Ark album we reviewed in Ep One, just because you nail the production doesn't mean you nail an album. Um, That's true. Happily, I don't have to get my big whacking stick out this week, Eric. Um, that that didn't What's really come out right, did it? Um, <laughs> I might rephrase that. What is the whacking stick? Okay, I didn't get my big whacking stick out. This this album might be a good example of how good production can lift like a simple tune and melody and make it better. Um, at at its heart, this is an underground electro pop album with heaps of sweet melodies, you know, that sit on top of broken beats and lush pads. And like for me, the, I felt there was like a real fusion of like euro style electro production but then they sort of mixed it with like a u.s style modern r&b writing with all those sort of you know clicky little trap hats that we like to talk about and the vocal melodies that work you know it gave it a really international flavor i thought and it really worked for me really worked for me on that level um in terms of songs um that i liked like i could have picked a number of them on this one um uh, but there was no real standout, but I just thought the album was really consistent throughout and just rolled through in a dreamy state. But if I had to pick two songs that I really liked off this album, I would pick um, Insomnia, and I think that's a good example of like that Euro meets US crossover sound that I was talking about. And the other song I really liked on this album was... Um, oh, shit, what was it called? Um, it was... Who's got the list out in front of them? It was, I think it was track five. It had a more glitchy dance floor sort of vibe um somehow it was it somehow? somehow yes somehow that's right Kylie. my two favorites were insomnia and somehow there you, well. there you go you should join <laughs> this podcast me. because eric and i never agree <laughs> but you've just picked the two songs that i have but don't say that and because you've got to say the, that yourself the top in a dog, second yeah. look i think there's a there's a real cinematic quality to this album you could see it getting film syncs um and i mm. think there's like massive potential for like super club ibiza style djs to like do remixes of this stuff and turn it into some something major well, the hooks like were so good i didn't understand i thought maybe there was one of them was a, a cover because i just felt like i'd heard it before i felt like did you feel that oh that, that's what was so good about it like you can imagine like a david guetta just getting his hands on this with some side chain compression maybe even something like a Kungs, maybe not, and uh, <laughs> just turning this into something awesome. Like, I I could see US collabs with these guys. Like, the, the writing skills are strong, um, and it would, you know, this sort of music would fit that US market really well. Um, but I'm really happy to know that an album like this, as you said, Eric, earlier, that an album like this is being made in Melbourne, Australia. I was really quite happy to see, to listen to this album, and I loved it. What, what were the songs you like? What were the two songs you like, Carly? The same as mine? Uh, yeah, yes, 
That's right, Was I agree with you. You're a cl- very clever and amazing person. That's a first. Um, insom- <laughs> she always agrees with you. Insomnia. <laughs> and somehow. Because I just thought they had really great um, hooks and um, yep. lots of they, – they felt quite poppy to me. Um, you know, it was something I kept on – they were the ones that I that – I, I, I guess when, when you're not thinking about it, you, you start to – you know, they, they're the earworms that you have. Um, yeah, I just – and they were the ones, as I said, I thought, well, I've heard this before, but I hadn't, which makes uh, obviously a clever song, doesn't it? Yeah. And crispy vocals and just, you know, lots of lovely chant – like the repetition becomes chanting, becomes yes. like, you know, makes you feel like good vibrations, you know, like om. <laughs> oh, they nailed all the – they nailed all the – the right things on this this release. It was so good. Eric, what about you? What songs did you like? Look, for me, um, Insomnia was the standout. So it's amazing. Um, yep. You know, it's awesome. Well, that we've we've all kind of – it's a unanimous decision that Insomnia <laughs> is the one. If you're going to get into this record, go and listen to Insomnia and then go from there. Um, <clears throat> so in the spirit of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, me and Waz are often sort of chat about – I mean, I've got, a, I've got a, I guess, a propensity to lean towards songs that don't have deep hooks and 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 have some kind of weird, wacky thing going. And and I yep, always get excited times. by the final track of a rec- of an album. And uh, and really? I was I waited okay. and I waited and I waited and I waited, and so, and then I heard just checking in, which I think is the last is it the last track of the album? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I yeah, might have yep, it is, yep. wrong here. Yep. And that, yeah, that is that a lovely song and it favorite. made me think of Taylor Swift. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, I think we all really like this album. Um, Arik, I think it's gotten to that time in the show that before we give our ratings out of 10, we need to get a scale that we can rate that on. And as, at this time, we're going to introduce our unofficial sponsor for the week. Our unofficial sponsor. So if you're new to this podcast, every week uh, myself and Waza basically shout out the unofficial sponsor for this podcast. The beauty of this initiative is the unofficial sponsor has not agreed to being (laughs) the sponsor nor has contributed anything to help this podcast uh, succeed. However, we, we absolutely, we love... We love shouting out our unofficial sponsor, and this week's what sponsor, we got and this week's podcast is basically brought to you by LR Legal, the right advice. LR Legal is a Queensland criminal law firm mm-hmm. run by my dear friend Ben Rinderman, and uh, and his and his partner whose name I I don't know, but I, but I, I think it's worth um, you know contextualizing the kind of the reason you know we 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 get behind LR Legal. Um, on this podcast I guess fundamentally if you ever get in trouble with a fuzz you should call these guys they're on my speed dial for any time I get pulled over for small offences such as vagrancy Um, and I should also mention that I have actually engaged uh, well I guess one of the partners on legal matters in the past and he comes highly recommended Um, the story was I was driving to my niece's bat mitzvah last year, 2019, and it was a sunny day. It was a sunny day in May, actually, and I was um, I had my arm out the window and I was surfing uh, with my arm out the window and I was pulled over by a policeman who basically issued me some ridiculous fine for having my arm out the window. What? And, and I was absolute... Do you remember that one, Was Outrageous. That's what no. 
What, were you hand surfing? I was hand surfing. I was hand oh. surfing with Is my hand. Is that a crime? No, and I was absolutely... It's a crime. You can oh, get booked really? for that, and, and no, I did get booked for that, and um, and I, I was absolutely scandalised, and I felt very mistreated by the by the uh, by the issuing officer uh, of the afternoon, and after I copped that fine, I um, I called LR Legal. Well, I called the partner of LR Legal, um, and basically had stated to him that I'd planned to take the matter to court and that I was going to stand in front of a magistrate and basically complain about the, the treatment levelled to me by this um, by this uh, officer and to my great gratitude for the amazing work that that Benza does in, in helping me in, in all sorts of things in life, he sensibly talked me down from challenging <laughs> my fine in front of a magistrate and in his words mm-hmm. he said... The magistrate would have told me to get fucked and stop wasting everyone's time. So, LR Legal, your rights, our resolve, this week's um, this week's podcast partner. Thank you, LR Legal. Well, thank you, LR Legal. Given that is given, what what do we demerit charge? points? What, one second. What I think do, we should. I, Demerit points. Now, what I was going to say was that maybe don't lawyers charge on fifteen-minute scaling? Uh, it's a scale of billable minutes. units. They bill billable have, units. Billable. And what do they charge every billable unit? It's like three hundred and fifty dollars every fifteen like minutes. Three hundred. Three hundred dollars plus GST. Okay, so let's say three hundred dollars. So if we're going to charge on that scale, um, I am going to give the Clo album. Uh, the maybe we could. I'm going to give it 7.5 times $300 out of 10. Let me just get my calculator. Yep. I think that's important. I don't we'll understand the scoring system. Sorry. So that's $2,100 uh, billable. <laughs> $2,100 um, out of, uh, I guess, th- uh, $3,000? Yes. Possible $3,000. dollars out of 3000 that's the sc- okay. That's what we're doing it out of this week, right? Which also equates to seven point five out of oh, ten. Oh shit! Sorry, my maths is completely gone absolutely south. My bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Apologies. Seven point five times three hundred. That's two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars out of three thousand dollars. Great, Kylie. What are you giving it well, on the I think, billable I scale? I think it's kind of um, hard for me because this is my first ever review, and I have nothing to gauge it against. Like you know, Just I, do I it. heard you say one time, you know, like your favorite album in the world, and you gave it like an eight, and then you ca- you got some album that you didn't even care about, and you had to give it a nine. Like you know, these things happen in life. Not that I'm ever going to be invited back, obviously, but I did agree with you. Was remember so that keep that in mind for next time you need a guest. You'll be um, back. All right, so I think that these Just write it. I think these guys have worked really hard. You can tell. Um, also, they've shared hotel rooms together, and they have stayed friends, even because they're cousins. It's really nice for their mums that they have not ruined Christmas by breaking up. So, on both of those accounts, I'm going to give them eight billable hours. Well, so that works out to be two thousand four hundred <laughs> billable dollars with LR Legal out of three thousand. That's what you get when you don't ruin Christmas, Correct. guys. <laughs> we've got we've got a, a second calculation on that. That is correct. Two thousand four hundred. You're the maths guy. That's right. No, two thousand four hundred. You've got it. Was um, I'm, I also, Kylie? I'm giving this an eight out of ten. 
awesome. Which is $2,400 of legal fees out of a potential $3,000 of legal <laughs> fees. And, and, and I fully agree. I mean, I, I'm so glad you shared with us that backstory. Um, you know, there are so many layers and factors that can completely, basically demolish a band. And, and one can be, you know, yeah, going on the road. And then further to that, the tensions of being a f- family members and, and all the kind of pressures that come with that. So thank you for sharing that story with us. That's amazing. Um, eight out of 10 for me. This was a brilliant record and I highly recommend uh, everyone go listen to this. It's um, it's exciting and 100% worth the, the 40 minutes of your time to, to sit through. So that's close. Maybe we could. Arik. Luke Howard Trio, The Shadow. What do you got for me on that? Okay. Well, I guess perhaps I'll start with uh, talking a little bit about the, um, the outfit, the Luke Howard Trio. Luke Howard, the Luke Howard Trio is made up of three of Melbourne's, I guess, most esteemed and celebrated musicians. Luke Howard on the piano, Daniel Ferruja on the drum kit, and Jonathan Zion on the bass. Legend. Um, sorry, go ahead, go ahead Was. Legend. Legends. Basically old, legends. Legends. I think we're probably you know, we me and Woz have this way of making everything in this podcast about <laughs> us and we're probably gonna end up going there as well. Um so basically we're talk we're talking about three of the heavyweights of of the um the Melbourne music scene, all esteemed and accomplished in their own right. The Luke Howard Trio's Record is currently out through Luke Tone. The album's name is just pulling it up now. Anyone want to give me a hand here? Because it does. I don't have it on my list. What, what was it? What are you talking about? What the is actual, it? The Shadow. Yeah, the, the shadow, shadow. The Shadow. Thanks, Kylie. Right. Yeah. So the Luke Howard's album, The Shadow, out on Luke Tone Records. Um, I guess we should probably launch into the record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Do you want me to have a chat about uh, it first? I'll, I'll kick it off. So I guess Luke Howard um, has, I get, you know, has a, has an amazing reputation of sort of sitting in that in that sort of neoclassical meets sort of contemporary space. Um, thinking, think Niels Fram, think Max Richter, and that whole scene coming out of Germany. Interestingly, I met Luke Howard in Germany. Completely coincidentally, uh, this is like some of the you know most embarrassing snobby hipster bullshit. In the world, yep. but uh, it was 2010. I was backpacking around Europe, and someone said, "Go to this coffee shop. It's the best coffee in all of Berlin. Um, you know, you, you'll love it. It's got Melbourne baristas." And I was like, "Oh well, I've got to go there because obviously that's going to be Sorry, the best coffee." And I, ro- I rolled in there, and uh, I ordered myself a flat white, which a flat white in in um, in Western Europe is is like the latte of Melbourne. Yeah, and, was it good? Uh, and I sat down and I had my my flat white, and uh, and a musician. Well, basically, a man walked in. Um, we both clocked each other's accents. Blah 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 blah. Next thing we know, I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, my name's Eric. He's like, my name's Luke, and uh, and he's like, what are you doing this afternoon? I said, I don't know, nothing. You know, I'm backpacking, and he's like, why don't you come back to my house and we'll do a track together? I was like, that'd be that'd be awesome. So I ended up going back to his loft apartment in in i think it was kreuzberg or somewhere in east berlin very cool so hipster 
and uh, and ended up yeah for my, my first time meeting Luke Howard was um was yeah in in Berlin and then making music which is pretty cool. Um, I guess we're all going to have different stories about each of these members, so maybe I'll stop I'll stop there and and um and get down to my favorite tracks, and then I guess Kylie and Woz can talk about their relationships with these with the other members of the group. Um, I love this record. Um, it's definitely not the first time I listened to it. I've been listening to this all year. Um, it really, for me, captures a feeling that I've got right now during COVID and this kind of ISO space where I don't like things coming at me too intensely. Um, and and I also like to kind of be relaxed but also contemplative. For me, the thing that stood out on this record was it truly is a trio it, um, and... and and, and you hear it in in all of the songs that this is not just a, a composer with two other musicians attached. It, it, it is the, the music is made by three people, and you really feel the interplay between all three musicians on the album. Um, and as such, I guess I, I probably wanted to pinpoint my two favorite songs because, and I feel as though now is probably the time to do that in, in when I kind of reference the the things that I loved about the record. So. The two, my two favorite songs on the album was "We Want to Give You Some Advice," and I think it's sinking in. And for me, those two songs, more than any, uh, really kind of captured that amazing relationship between all three three musicians, where they really are communicating and interacting completely organically. And for me, that was the real standout on this album. What about you, Kylie? That's so weird because I mean. My uh, what my favorite was um we want to give you some advice as well because I I thought it was um I mean I love all of these these men they're just beautiful and as you said yes it is absolutely um a work of of three souls and um I just well, I, you I played in so a band fun. with um one of them for a number of years Kyle. yeah I've been in a band with Danny Faruja for a long time and he's the most uh, sensitive and delicate and nuanced drummer and you know he's amazing just amazing he can do anything he can read anything he can yeah he's just fabulous and Luke is a beautiful person and I've seen him play in some amazing places and of course you know having Jonathan Zion just making just making up the trio that is like you know a tripod of making of amazingness um but it's so funny because I'm so bad at (laughs) understanding jazz and so it's kind of for me um I was listening to the album thinking oh I'm so glad I'm not at a gig right now because I would have totally clapped in the wrong spot (laughs) Because I totally never know <laughs> when the right place is. Um, yeah, and everyone's like going, oh, that's such a great, like, whatever it's called, like a movement or something. And I'm like, okay, yay, that's awesome. Like, oh, God. Um, so did you did you kind of think of it, Did you was your first read it being a jazz record? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's how I felt. But it just after listening to Clove, you know, and then listening to that, it just was so fat. And so, uh, what's the, like, it just felt like so emotive, like it just was, it was so thick and real and like, you know, from um, uh, electronic music to actual music, you know, old school music, you know, instruments, uh, it just really felt like such a huge depth of flavour to me. I could, I just loved it. It was so beautiful and so tasty and just... Uh, yeah, it just as you were saying for COVID, now we've actually got time to sit and listen to this sort of stuff. It's just a really beautiful, uh, fat sound to me, and that I wouldn't have probably usually listened to it unless I was at a festival and I'd go and see it because you know I know the guys and they're lovely. But um, yeah, it, at my house, I, don't, I guess we don't and listen to a lot of that. Yeah. And what was the second one? So you said we want to give you some advice was a standout. What was the second one for you that you dug? 
Um, hang on, I've just got to look up the name of the list here. It was, um, I think it was uh, the, the list. What did I write about that? The list, the okay. List. Yep, that was track six. No, I can't, no, I just, I can't, I haven't written anything down about it, sorry. <coughs> I didn't really That's go right. in depth on anything else, but I just was like, oh, this is pretty. And everything, um, just listening to Danny Fruger, I, for me, I, I think it's, yeah, I was thinking to myself, actually knowing the people that are playing um, the instruments just makes it so much more magic to me. Like, as I said, when I was listening to Chloe, I couldn't really understand where the music was coming from. I didn't, I just sort of thought, oh, that's just a sound that some, some machine is making. But then when you find that the people are actually cutting it up and making it happen, and then when you know the people that are actually playing a double bass or the person that's playing this amazing piano or the person that's playing all this percussive stuff that's so almost silent just to down to the last... Yeah, and and the sound quality, mm. of course, is just amazing. For me, just knowing that those pe knowing those people that are playing it just makes it so much more real and um, and interesting. Uh, Warren, sorry, okay. what were you saying? Something about it? Well, thanks, Carly. Thanks for that throw. Sorry, um, I don't know how to do this show thing. I've never done <laughs> this great. before, you guys. That was good. It was like the um, just FYI, we we could probably take a leaf out of. The, I think we talked about this in episode one or I might have just talked about it with myself. But apparently <laughs> in like um, football commentary uh, folklore, the footy commentators have this way of like passing oh, the mic to each other. Yeah. And apparently the person who's the most boisterous with all of that, his name is, he, he's no longer commentating, his name's Sandy Roberts. And apparently Sandy Roberts would always slam the, slam the table <laughs> when he'd finished talking so maybe we could slam the table when we want to um or we could just go part uh, there you go uh well it's kind well, of good that we can see each other thrown. <laughs> sorry yes yeah, i just sort of that's all right. i could see oh. you making sort of sounds like movements to me so i just went silent <laughs> <laughs> well well let me take that throw from you carly thank you i would like to talk about the luke howard trio album the shadow right now um like when i listened to her Straight away, I thought that there was like a film score sort of vibe going on with this album. For sure. And it sort of made me start looking like, was this a score to a film or what, what, what was this for? And I sort of did a bit of research and I found that in 2019, I'm reading off the, um, the, uh, the bio here, but in 2019, the Luke Howard Trio was commissioned by Back to Back Theatre to compose music for The Shadow, whose, whose prey, The Hunter, becomes... A play uh, becomes, sorry, I'll say that again, the music for The Shadow Whose Prey the Hunter Becomes. And it's a play exploring the intersection of disability, activism and artificial intelligence. And wow. this is the soundtrack to that play. So that made a lot of sense to me straight away. Um, you know, there was a constrained use of instrumentation and most songs were built around sort of sparse vamps um, that either build um, from nothing to a... Uh, to a crescendo or start soft and stay soft. So, because none of us have seen this play, I'm presuming. Has anyone seen the play? I haven't seen the play. What's it called? I, um, oh, no, you're going to make me say it again. It's the play is called Back to the. Oh, the play is called For the Shadow Whose Prey the Hunter Becomes. Oh. So, no, because none of us have seen it, I feel like I want to do a pitch, like a treatment for the film that I think it is okay. or the, 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 the show that it could oh. be. Is that okay? Can, yeah, can you go with me? Yeah, I'm here. Sure. I'm here for it. Let's go. Okay. So, like, I'm thinking, like, late night SBS 
Okay. Okay. Like, so are I'm we thinking... talking like what what year? Are we talking like nineties SBS? No, uh, because that's a totally uh, different no, no. kind of late night programming, was it? No, no, I'm not thinking about Be that. Be very sort of late careful. Night SBS program. I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of a French film. Okay. So you know one of those nakedness. French films that do nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Like I'm thinking that this album is the soundtrack to a film set in northern France. Okay. Okay. In late so you're autumn. just making this up right now. It's yeah? about. Oh well, yeah. I, like I'm just. I was. Oh, I was walking the other day, and I was envisaging. I was envisaging what could this film be? And it's, it's. It's a French film. It's set in northern France, in a, maybe in like um, you know, a farming community, like one of those farming communities that are in social decay. You know, the ones I'm talking about. Like it was bombed <laughs> in World War Two, and the freeway was built 20 k's away. Yep. And so now this, no one goes through this village anymore, and everyone's left. And like this is a story about, you know, maybe a middle-aged woman or a middle-aged man who's recently become divorced. Mm. They've moved to this town because maybe their parents holidayed there in the 50s and 60s. But she's moved to this town. She's bought a, a chateau. She's quite isolated and alone. And she's moved into this chateau. And there's, a, there's an old man who lives in the, the gardener's cottage at the end of the, the property. And his job is to tend to the garden every day. And so she shops in the village in the morning and then in the afternoon she drinks tea and she sits and watches this old man, you know, gardening. And then the, and, and then the, credi- and and then the, the credits se- roll. <laughs> That's it. That is it. That could be the movie. Like the seasons <laughs> oh roll by. God. And maybe, like, maybe, maybe the big build-up could be that one day it's snowing and this man always wears like short sleeves and she took him out a blanket and a it's cup of definitely, tea. It's definitely starring like both Hemsworth brothers <laughs> with that face. <laughs> Bloody wannabe. So, so this is what this soundtrack was saying to me. It was full of isolation and nothingness. Um, I loved it. Like... <laughs> I did like it, like, but that's what it was conjuring. Anyway, as far as songs go, like my favourite was the epic 14-minute opus, OK, oh, I Will. Like I was listening to it today and there was a gap between the first chord and the second chord which clocked in at 29 clap? seconds. <laughs> wow. That is a long you gap. You to clap. That's um, amazing. It was amazing. It, like, I mean, it has tension. It's and very I, bold, and, isn't and it? Um, like to to hold something together that's fourteen minutes on a two note theme, um, mm. was just or a two chord sort of vamp that they sort of you know explore throughout it. Um, you know Jonathan, Zion and Danny. Or Jonathan was I had some bass lessons off Jonathan. That's my relationship to him many years ago, and he's such a zen guy, and I I got so much out of it. And Danny, you know, they play so sparingly throughout and it just creates this mood that was convincing and beautiful and Luke sort of connects everything as it develops. And, you know, mate, like I was envisaging all these things. I was out for a walk and maybe it could have been a film, a short film about a man that went for a walk. Oh, here he goes around, again. Around <laughs> Huntingdale <laughs> Golf Course. <laughs> That's it. Does it involve cups of tea? Can't you see it? I can see <laughs> Nothing happened. I just went for a walk. And this was the soundtrack oh, to my walk. I love that. Uh, anyway. And was that just before you get up before you go any further, I know um, you know, for the listeners that have tuned in, in the past, um, obviously was it you've got some big some big opinions around te- tempos. How is the yeah. tempos on this uh, album? Look, I don't think it's fair to give a tempo rating on this one because it was set for film, okay? okay. So it was set for a purpose. It wasn't a, it wasn't a body of work meant to be viewed um, 
uh, to stand alone. It was set to something. So I'm going to look at this a little bit differently. So I don't think the tempo rule applies no, on this album. Yeah. Yep, fair enough. Um, so, look, I've said my favourite song. I think 14 minutes counts as two to three songs. Um, what about oh, yeah, you, Kylie? Said Did, uh, you've said your favourite song, Arik? Yeah, Do you yeah, have a favourite song? Good. Okay, so, all right, well, let's go on to the ratings Good then on well. the, um, the LR Legal's rating scale. I find this one a little bit hard to judge. Um, like, as I said, it's built for a purpose. It's meant to fit with something. And without that, it's not totally complete. So, but still, I mean, still as a body of music, it's definitely achieved something that takes me on many journeys that I've just explained to you and probably bored everyone. But um, I'm going to give this... Um, a 6.75 out of 10 okay, on so the LR legal range scale. Here. So 6.75 times $300 per billable unit. So was is paying $2,225 out of $3,000 worth of legal fees for his infringements in relation to yep. the Shadow by the Luke Howard trio. I might uh, give my rating and then Kylie will throw over to you. Um, I, uh, I, I was, I was definitely more generous with my numbers on this one. Um, mm-hmm. this is right down my lane. I've, I've been listening to, you know, a lot of piano music this year and, um, and I've really kind of connected with the pace of just taking a breath. And for me, this album did exactly that. And to that end, I've actually given it a 9 out of 10. Whoa. So I'm looking at 9. Yeah, I know. Wow. I'm rocking $2,700 worth of legal fees to LR Legal <laughs> out of a potential 3000 And Bill and, Blouse, yep. And I think it, it does all the things that I'm, I'm loving from that entire kind of movement of music that I'm, I'm really connecting with right now. So... A, an amazing record, and I can't recommend it enough. What about you, Kylie? Okay, thank you, Eric. That does sound lovely. And actually, when you make me think about that, uh, you know, it reminds me of that album Proof. You know, it was at My Friend the Chocolate Cake or something. I remember back in the day, oh, okay. I, had, I found I had this album, and I just listened to it nonstop. And it was funny because it was from that album, not from that movie. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, 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 with Hugo Weaving. He, yeah, he's blind and he goes, I've just been dri- out driving and he's blind. I mean, I think uh, that might have come out in the 90s and I reckon I decided last week that we'd definitely talk too much about the 90s in the first two episodes. <laughs> anyway, I was just saying that it reminded me of that. But that's okay. But I was just trying to, to piece together the facts that it does, you know, it is like, kind of like a score for a film, which, you know, I was just trying to like, you know, bring in the points there. Like, you know, but mm-hmm. also I did think that I liked it uh, more because it felt more in-depth to me than the Clo album just because uh, I just loved the music and because, it, you know, I know the guys and I just think it was extremely beautiful. So I'm going to give it eight billable hours. Oh, no, 8.5, sorry, 8.5. 8.5. Wow. Just pulling up the... Uh, Do the maths, please, Eric. Yep, yep, times up. So... Because I just got to be careful with my story. <laughs> $2,550 towards legal fees with LR Legal. So what we've got, we've got a 6.75, we've got a 9, and we've got an 8.5 for the Luke Howard Trio album, The Shadow. The next album we have for you is the DMA's new album, The Glow. Arik, what do you think about this one, mate? So DMA's, great band. Um, Again, in the the spirit of not sitting too much in the 90s, I'm going to keep the <laughs> 90s refs really, really short and sweet. But look, the DMAs for me, um, you know, I guess 
very, very much influenced by um, bands like Oasis in particular. And, you know, it's, it's, a bold, it's a bold move to kind of try and hit that tip. And they do it like absolute bosses for me. I'm a I'm a big fan of 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 what the the, the sound of the DMAs. Um, I got on, I got kind of introduced to them um, through their like a version clip um, of the Sure song. Do you uh, believe? And that version to me is is like as good, if not better, than Sure's version. Um, I'm I'm happy to kind of argue that point. But um, the vocalist is amazing. There's the there's a rock and roll spunk, there's a rock and roll swagger that we we yep. is really frowned upon in this era that kind of mega rock star tip, and and mm. I and I'm into it. I think it's great. So yep. that's my little kind of opener on the DMAs. I believe this is album number four, and uh, number three. Album number three, thanks was, and I might just launch straight in straight into it. Um, I'm. As a as an entire body of work, it didn't it didn't seem to me like this is going to be the album that hangs around for twenty years in the same way that mm. say Oasis records have. But there are some absolute blistering songs. Um, I I mean this this review could not go on without at least from my point of view celebrating the the absolute marvelousness of the song Silver. I it's a song that for me. On a first listen, I was singing along by the second chorus, and um, and really just nails this incredible piece of pop writing and, and songwriting that uh, is not easy to do. Um, you know, lots of musicians and 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 musical types can often sort of frown upon this sort of music, um, but I would I would challenge any of those people frowning upon this kind of music to try and write a song like Silver because. For me, that song is that that song is a ten out of ten. Um, moving ahead, that was probably the highlight of the record for me. Um, and I think, from a point of view of how the record got put together, the second best song was the next song, which uh, which for me was "Life Is a Game." Life is a game of changing. Um, mm. Those two were the standouts. And and look, I, I I'm really into the DMAs. I really want to see them do well. I when I listen to their music, I think about beer and I think about sweaty bodies in a mosh pit and I think about, yep. you know, English backpackers at a youth hostel and then I think about, totally. you know, Liverpool Football Club games at 12am <laughs> in the city and then I think about um, roasts and lamb roasts on a Sunday at a pub in um, Broadway Market in the UK, and then I think about well, I think about a lot of stuff. Um, I'll, I'll probably stop there. Yeah, had very English Brit pop vibe to it, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, but but I don't think it it doesn't feel to me like it's kind of being uh, retro. I feel as though it's just like these guys are into it and they're into good songs hmm. and. Yep. and it comes through in the uh, in the recording. What did, what did you think, yep. Kylie? 
Well, I didn't go deep on this, Eric. I did see them this morning on the sounds and I did have, had a quick listen to the album, but I felt a little bit like I already lived through the 90s and um, and I, I'm i happy that they're Aussies and I'm happy that they're number one in Scotland. I'm very proud of them for that fact. I'm think good on them. Go for it. Really? Um, yeah, well, I like all your recollections and it did re- make me think of having of drinking uh, the Bamboos Rider out of the fridge crisper with Yuri and his mate Manny from the Stone Roses. <laughs> so that, that's... What I felt like that gave me memories of that. Name dropper. Yeah, so, you know, like I was already there. So, but you know, like it just seems like when kids start playing, um, like Wolf Mother started doing some music that they thought was kind of new. Um, it makes yeah, me yeah, feel yeah. old and it makes me feel like, oh, come on, I can't. Yeah, anyway, sorry. I, I think I'm going to have to just throw to Woz because he's going to say something really awesome. Was there any songs that you liked? Just go there. Can't I think stay it was there. The, stay there. I think it stay was there. the same. I think all of it was the same song. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some more name dropping. That's great. That's what we get you on for. No. All right. So if you want to throw to me, I'm going to say like, right, um, in, as Rx said, I mean, right from the outset, like that 90s UK vibes were shining through strong on this album. I, I feel like, Rx, you maybe shouldn't say Liverpool. I think yeah, uh, no, sorry. Manchester. 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 No, I only use Liverpool because that's the football club that I follow and, and I think about uh, – like a bar on the corner of Spring Street and Burke Street where people watch Liverpool games at 12am. I think it could be called the Imperial, but yes, yeah, that's I stand corrected, yep. 100% um, Manchester. What, what did you say? Burke and what? Burke and Spring, yeah, it's the Imperial, yeah. Yep. Okay, so like, I mean, you know, that Manchester scene, you know, was the influences on this on this band are, are strong. Like, you know, for me, it was the Happy Mondays, the yep. Stone Roses, as Kylie said. New Order, New Order. Oasis. Did you, did you cop a bit of Verve um, on this? What's that? Did you get a bit of Verve vibe? Uh, not so much Verve because Verve is sort of more down tempo. Um, as a, these guys are a bit more up. Um, you know, there was obviously the Oasis comparisons, and like you know, I was I was also getting comparisons with bands from fur, bands from further north, like Primal Scream, and even U2 at times, especially on that opening track. You know, that was very Edge, a lot of that guitar sort of stuff. The um, Edge, the Edge, the Edge, the the Mr. Edge, the Edge, Mister the Edge, Mister the um, Edge. Uh, to be honest, I kind of feel bad this album's come out now for this band because mm. like you know this music is Why? is totally geared for a festival circuit it's number one you in reckon? Scotland you can't um, beat that like but yeah but like you know you can see this is festival music this is anthemic dance rock you know you get up as Eric was saying you get up close to the stage in the mosh pit with a heap of people all around you and you just let the sound wash over you and it's really it's a happy time well well I mean I guess you could I mean is there anywhere in the world that's having festivals at the moment no idea Tasmania probably should New Zealand mm. Tasmania. This would be perfect for a festival in Tasmania right now. If you could get in there. New Zealand, that'd um, be good. Explore New Zealand. Yes, New Zealand. Ah, Spore, yeah. Um, the two songs for me, um, uh, number one, without a doubt, was Strangers for me. Like it paid total homage to New Water, maybe even Joy Division. Had that melodic high octave bass hook. It's got the power chorus and a killer bridge. I love a killer bridge. Like... You know, just one of those bridges that just takes off. And it's like, oh, yes, but it wasn't too long. It was just the perfect amount, the perfect middle eight. Um, like you, Eric, I also like Life is a Game of Changing. That had that sort of get your hair, hands up in the air and dance vibe. Um, look, overall, I thought this was a good album. Some songs work better for me than others. I really like the songs that had that more minor influenced 
major um the minor influenced vocal melody that's that i felt that they did really well when they were in that that space um so um maybe we should go to some scores uh i'm gonna give it geez i gave that i feel like i need to go back and give that last album by um luke howard trio a seven because i'm gonna give this a 6.5 on the um ella legal for uh, legals um billable hours scale 6.5 out of seven what does that what does that add up to it gets up to 6.5 times 300, 300. that's uh 1950 dollars worth of legal fees that you are paying to bail you out after a dust up at the imperial whilst watching man U versus man city <laughs> it's liverpool <laughs> this is liverpool they don't show man city games at, no, at the imperial do they Get your story right. Colin, you want to give it a review, a, a rating, or you didn't really listen uh, yeah. to it? Yeah, I did listen to it, but I didn't really take it in. Um, I did. I, I, I'm happy for them. I, I love a good Aussie band, and I'm happy that there are some Aussie kids making waves around the world. And I, as you, you're right, was because it is, it is amazing live music, and it would would be best appreciated live. And I feel Absolutely. sad for them that they can't be playing right now, so that they could really like kick their game. Yeah. So um, just for my own, but I, I'm going to give it a 6.5 on the LR legal billable hours scale. Awesome. What about you, Eric? What do you reckon? I was six. I gave it a six out of ten. I think um, I think silver is a ten out of ten, and I would encourage anyone that wants to sort of hang out with DMAs go listen to Silver. Um, we Waza has banned me from singing on this podcast. So partly, no. I know you're a I great know. singer, Arik. Thanks, thanks, Kylie. That's, that's but, not true. Um, but part of, uh, and we're also not allowed to play the music on this podcast. And and I, I legal. You've got a legal company though now. That's true. We could talk to Benza at LR Legal and um, and sort that <laughs> out. But I've got to tell you that chorus of Silver is just so good. And you know what was. You know what? You know what's going to happen what? right now. What? What? I'm, I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing that. Um, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing the chorus. Um, Do it. Okay, I'm going to sing the chorus because everyone should know this chorus. It's a brilliant, brilliant song, and it goes, "It's funny that I think of you right now, knowing all the years that you turned to clouds. I'm still coming down." And I'm sorry, but that hook is just too much. And then when you when you listen to it, you want to harmonise with it. So you kind of want to do the next part that goes, and you know it, and you know it, what is it? And you know it in that way, feeling all the things I could not say. I'm still coming down. And they never do that harmony, but the whole time I just want to hear that harmony, you know? And, um, and that's and that subliminal me, advertising right there. Thank you. Thanks, Kylie. Is that the single? Uh, I've, I did hear it on the radio. I heard it on the Jays. Okay. Ah. Okay, well. Congratulations. That would make me a really bad A&R dude at a record company because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have picked that as a you single. Would, but right. so be it. Uh, that was the DMA's The Glow. The next album we have for you this week, and the last album, is the Zara McFarlane album, Songs of an Unknown Tongue. Um, Zara McFarlane is a British jazz soul singer and songwriter based out of East London. 
she's signed to the Brownswood Recording label, which we all know Arik is Giles Peterson's label. And if she's on that label, we know that the cool factor is going to be high. The cool factor is going to be, oof, it's going to be piping hot. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a, a La Crosette dish straight out of the oven. You know, you can't touch, you can't nice. touch that shit for like forty minutes after it's come out of the oven. It holds its heat well. She's had three previous releases uh, prior to this album, um, ranging from 2011 through 2017. In October 2014, McFarlane was awarded the title of Best Jazz Act at the MOBO Awards. The new album is a departure in her creative direction. Um, you know, I think she was primarily a jazz artist, uh, which she still is, but uh, she's united with uh, experimental producers, Squawky Bass, um, Wulu, and the album's inspired by an exploration of Zara's Jamaican heritage, which included an extended trip to Jamaica in 2018, meeting academics and researching um, early folk rhythms unique to the island. Um, her new sound is the culmination of this research and weaves of a subversion of the colonial legacy of slavery. So I might kick this one off, Eric, if you don't mind. Do it. Okay, like I guess the word I would use to describe this album right from the word go is intriguing. Mm. I was intrigued. I was intrigued. 30 seconds into the first song, I was intrigued. I think when you start listening to an album for the first time, like especially when it's someone you aren't overly familiar with, and I've heard some of her songs before um, through Brownswood, but in a reviewing context, like you start looking at boxes to put it in. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd say so. I think, I think you know, just by virtue of the, the world we live in, we're always looking to sort of link something to something else. Yeah. Yeah, like it's this genre, it's this genre, and then you start start subconsciously sort of looking to categorise it into like subcategories of that particular genre yeah. and start comparing it to like artists like in those subsections like to rate it against. Um, like so having said that, like it took me a while to work out what this album actually was, like which I personally find like exciting. Um, like Zara's voice is most definitely of like the highest quality, like in a jazz context. Mm. Um, you, you can hear the training. Yeah. Um, the maturity, the control, like right from the opening line. And like I'd like to shout out the engineer who um, worked on this album. Like the whatever mic they used was the perfect choice. Like had that sort of 50s vibe. Like it transported me to a place immediately. And the music itself is like a real fusion. Like it has, it's most like at, at, at its essence, it's like most definitely an electronic album. Like as I said, which it's a departure from my previous jazz outings, and it's like subtly tinged with Afro-Caribbean flavors throughout. Um, this album got me really excited. Um, it felt authentic. It felt original, um, which is always hard to do in today's age. Like the the fusion of styles, I thought weren't dominated by one style over another. Um, I th this album's deep, and insofar as reviewing it. Like, I don't know if I can do it justice because I feel like I'm only just starting to start peeling the layers away on this album. So many layers to peel away um, musically and lyrically. Um, what I do know is that I'm super into this album. Um, I'm not sure if this was intentional or not. Um, oh, I think... Uh, I, I, I just... I, I really like this album. I really want to keep listening to it. Like... It almost felt like it was a challenge getting into it because she made it a little bit inaccessible to start with. And as the album developed, it became more accessible. Did you find that at all? Um, it sort of seemed to open up. Like by the time we got to songs like Native Nomad at the end, 
which is one of my favourite songs. Um, like it was sort of heading into that deep neo-soul jazz hip-hop genre that you know I love. Um, yeah. So I I love that song. And the other song I really like was Black Treasure, which was like, that was a deep song. Mm. Um, you know, it was, you know, exploring all sorts of stuff like, you know, um, colonial slave trading in the Caribbean and, and you know, the sense of loss um, that that group had in, in to coming to colonial um, England in the 1800s and, you know, things that are still innate in them. And, and it was a really heavy song and it was set hauntingly to music. It was also a really intense song. I really, really, really like this album a lot. And I feel like I'm just going to dive into this over the next week and and just see what it has to offer because it seems like it's got so much. What did you reckon? Is that is that that seems? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've you've gone there, I, man. I don't know. You've gone there, and you know this was the first first time I've ever heard of this artist, Zara McFarlane, and I thank you was for once again being my Svengali of sorts, who 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 passes on you know great wisdom. Um, I fell in love with this album from the first second that I heard it. Yeah, there was something about the song structures. You know, it takes a it takes a special kind of artist to say, listen to the rest of this song from the first mm. five seconds of it starting. And something about the way the songs got put together here was in every single song across ten tracks. The first 15 to 20 seconds of the song were just like, what the fuck's happening? This is amazing. Yeah, that's right. Where's it going? You know? Um, so I've only listened to it once, but I was completely blown away. And I'm glad that you brought up some of the kind of context and history around the record because there's a song that um, I have had been put onto not too long ago, uh, probably about four or five weeks ago. By um, by an artist. Well, the person that put me onto this, her name's Niasha, and in fact, she'll be our guest reviewer next week, so we can talk to her a bit more about that next week. But she put me onto this song by an artist named Ta- uh, Taura Stinson called Gisipian Thorns. And if you haven't heard it, uh, please go and listen to this song. Um, this is obviously this is not to do with Zara McFarlane, but I kind of feel like in relation to the context that Waza has sort of painted this record in from what uh, Zara has, has said about this record, that's a real amazing kind of reference around the music that has come off this record. So for me, um, I won't go into my song by song yet because I might throw to Kylie in a sec, but I found it incredibly hard to pinpoint my favourite songs because literally every song I was like, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. So... Um, I'm, I'm. Don't you love like as you were saying like that's that the, when when a song starts like there's a there's a particular I can't think of a heap of songs at the moment but one that is coming to mind is a Jose James track I think it's off the Dreamer album and the bass starts mm. but you can't put in context what where it's going yep. and and until that vocal hits and then it anchors the song and you go ah oh, right wow that's that's amazing like so it had a lot of that going on absolutely. in this album don't a- you think absolutely um. 
it, it just had, it, it had this, this thing of, of really kind of drawing you in and, and making you almost step off the precipice and just fall into whatever world Zara McFarlane was making. I, I adored this album. I'm so happy to have found it through this, uh, this podcast. So thank you, Woz, for putting me onto this. What about you, Kylie? What did you think? Well, that's that's amazing. You guys really love this album. I mean, I just when I first heard it, I thought uh, I had visions of Jill Scott. I had visions of like she's got a massive vibrato. Like it's just I was thinking, okay, she's English. Okay, she's mm, Jamaican. So I was like, oh, but then I kept on think, hearing African beats, and I'm like, am I being like, am I putting myself in the wrong place? I can't understand. I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to that, and it's wrong. But um, then because. Yeah, but I didn't really understand it. And, and I think after listening to you guys, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. But as a lyricist, I kind of thought a lot about her lyrics. And now I, I, sometimes it just annoyed me a little bit. Somet- sometimes it just seemed a little bit naff or sometimes it just didn't hit the spot for me. And, it's, and, as soon, and I'm so judgy in that way because there's so much music in the world, you just really instantly click off. And I know that's bad because we're in the YouTube, the iTunes version of the world now where you listen to one song and then that's it. And if you don't love it, then it's like, well, I'm never listening to that ever again. So I'm loving that you guys are making me listen to an album, you know, so that I can – sorry, was yeah, you need to say something. You got your hand up there and there. Oh, no, sorry. I think Woz is just <laughs> making sure I thought that he was the just mattress going, in stop his, put, in his trying room. to put his hand over my mouth or something. No, I think Woz is just – he's got some, he's got some um, construction issues <laughs> in his sound booth. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as, as far as albums go, like, you know, we, we started this podcast, All Music is Good, because we wanted to start listening to albums again. And well, she's not in the- terms of that, this is, a, this is an album. Like, there's a, it's, it's – it's it's a journey, um, so as you said, like you know, in in context of a yeah, in the context of like the, you know the the Spotify, iTunes generation of one song, um, this is certainly not one of those albums. This is an album. Yeah, I mean you're um, right in the, that every song does it, the start of every song is is great and it's interesting and it's like oh there's new sounds and there's new rhythms there's this that yeah. and the other. Um, but I listen to the voice always. So for sure, for, for me, sure. What was your take on what was your take on the voice, Kylie? Like, what was the thing? Oh, that was kind of her voice for is you? perfect, but as I was saying, so sometimes some of the rhythms and the and some of the lyrics just didn't just didn't ring. Just seemed a little bit like not. Mm, I don't know. It's like not. I can't think of a word like fake, but like not fake, but just sort of like maybe you know when you listen to her singing jazz, it's just so perfect and beautiful and true. And some of the things it seemed, you know, when something doesn't ring true or it doesn't fit right, it just seemed a little bit like she wasn't really feeling it. Sometimes I don't know. Do you it think seemed that, a little bit like do you think that, that can sometimes be the curse of like you know those amazingly technically trained singers? that kind of, you know, cut their teeth in the jazz space and then move into the pop space. Do you think that there's some sort of something going on there that um perhaps yes absolutely like when you try to listen to when i was when i've done choir singing it really annoys me that quite that everything has to be dumbed down for the choir and when um when when uh, some trained really trained singers sing a song like it's like listening to say cleo lane sing sing like a, a you know a pop song or you know like some you know one of your mum's type singers singing a, a, a new age song it's the same yeah. sort of thing i suppose yeah you're right there's not that what what we're always looking for in this day and age is the truth I guess we're always looking for um, something that makes that person different to somebody else and that person be themselves. And we w- we want to see a car crash. We want to see reality. We want to see – like we, we love reality TV We want and I want to know the actual truth and I don't want to listen to this album if it's just made up, you know, like and, c- and can so made perfectly like a cake or something. I don't know. On that tip, I mean, 
you know, I think because uh, you hit on something that I think is really interesting, um, and I wonder, yeah, we we had an album a few weeks ago by a vocalist. Um, I'm just trying to remember. It might have been Natalie Slade. That we were talking about the record and 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 some of the curses that come with being a brilliant vocalist, like like potentially, you know, had 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 um Zara McFarlane's voice been a little bit less trained and a little bit more vulnerable do you do you feel as though that might have changed your perspective on it like like Maybe, suddenly yes. hearing this yeah, kind of vulnerability right, yeah. Mm. yeah you're absolutely right I think yeah I need to listen to it again but I, I, it's something that you it just happens in the back of your brain without you knowing and when totally. you first listen to something it's that it's that thing which is like oh that just sounds like a bit naff that sounds like yeah, she's yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, thought yeah. about that way too much you know and I yeah and with totally art, we want it to be real and we want it to be just like For sure. and when you hear an artist or like when there's there's a reason that there's singers like say I don't know Bob Dylan or whatever people that can't actually sing or people with horrid voices or but they actually just sound so it's heart it's gut wrenching and it's real and it's just raw that's what I'm looking for i guess and when i hear yep. and it's sad because she's amazing and she's perfect in every way and there's something really rude in the back of my head that's just gone now nah. yeah 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 but i think it's like it's totally legit because i think um i think especially as you know yourself and 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 Waza and myself that you know listen to so much music and and are surrounded by so much music all the time the kind of the standardization the barometer of what connects can be can be probably you know, particularly harsh, especially when it's really good. Um, and 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 I, yeah, I'm kind of hearing what you're saying um, around that sort of that 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 essence of uh, yeah, that connectedness and that vulnerability. I I didn't pick up on that, but I'm actually now really curious. I'm going to go back for another listen and and really sort of investigate that. So yeah, I think it's bang on. I I, I love I love that. Thanks. What about I, you, well, I'm going to listen back to it because of you guys, because of what you said. I'm going to listen to it again with a different ear as well. So thank you. Mm-mm-mm. I think, like, I mean, I think both Arik and I have said on a, on last week that both he and I come from a music first perspective and lyrics second. Would that be right? Yeah, totally. Arik? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, like, in in that sense, it's really good to get a a, a vocalist view of things because like I went deep into the music and how her melody worked with the music not so much the lyrics even though I did listen to the lyrics knowing um what they were about um but that's lower down on 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 my list of things that I think about when I'm when I'm listening to an album and reviewing it anyway on on that note maybe we should uh go to the other legal scoreboard official the LR scoreboard. Legal scoreboard. Well, I might go first, and and I, I might just quickly list my two favourites because I, I mean I I found it really hard to sort of pinpoint two out of ten because I was mm. I was crazy about this album, but I did find two, and I will uh, I will break the rules and um and just add one more as a third, and you know as the kind of consolation prize, the sort of you know when you have your sports carnival. Um, <laughs> in primary school, you know, there's always there's always a ribbon for the fourth place, and uh, no, there's not. And in this in this instance, is there not? No, I, I, s- maybe no, I'm sorry. I'm com- my son doesn't even bring home okay. the third place ribbons. So third place, so that's that's third a change. place is that's green, a yeah, and a green ribbon, and my son just chucks them in the bin. 
Yep, fair enough. Okay, so we'll talk about the Green Ribbon. I might talk about the Green Ribbon on this one. So my two favourite songs on this album was My Story was my favourite and Broken Water as a, as, a, as a second. And then the Green Ribbon Prize, courtesy of, um, is it Reggie, Kylie? Or is, 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 is it Reggie that's bringing home the third place or is it someone Jim, else? No, Jimmy always brings home first place. And if he actually comes second or third, he might bring the second ribbon home, but he'll chuck the third ribbon in the bin. <laughs> Okay, so so Jimmy's third third place green ribbon, the Jimmy the Jimmy uh, the Jimmy prize goes to me for Roots of Freedom. I thought that was a brilliant song, um, and, wow. and I would one hundred percent recommend anyone listening to this record to to dig on yep. all three of those. What about you, Waza? Yeah, I think I said mine, but yeah, Roots of Freedom is a great track. Yeah, Had that yeah, sort of yeah. real sort of reggae vibe to it, but you know, with that UK sensibility to it, I love that song as well. Um, yeah, my 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 clear favourite on the album was uh, Native Nomad. Oh, yeah, oh that's right, such that's a beautiful right. song, um, and Black Treasure, um, which was track two. So that was a that was a great album. I thought overall. So what are we going to give it? I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go, go with a nine out of ten on the LR legal billable Whoa. scale. It was a it was a super amazing album and I, like I actually think it could be a ten, but uh, I need to Step just back. go back and listen to this a bit more. Was and never gives tens though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give tens. I don't I don't like songs as a general rule first up, so this is quite challenging <laughs> for me to to do this podcast. So that's a two thousand two thousand seven hundred dollars invoiced to uh, to LR the legal. client. From LR Legal, $2,700 out of a potential $3,000 from Waza. They've cleaned up on me. They have cleaned up. You're a, you're a, you're an, you're a soft touch. Far out. So, Arik, give me a score. Score? Well, look, I'm, I'm certainly one for hyperbole. I'm a, potentially in a, a perennial optimist. So it's of no surprise that I'm scoring this a 10 out of 10. I loved it. Wow. I'm, I'm absolutely crazy for this Stop record. The show. And that, yeah, <laughs> that equates to $3,000 invoiced plus from GST. LR Legal plus GST. <laughs> $3,000 invoiced by LR Legal to... Uh, to myself to look after my um, my my infringements, uh, in particular and vagrancy, hand surfing yep. out the window, and vagrancy. Keep your hands inside the car. So, Kylie, we know you hate. I don't one. hate it. it was I just was, I just didn't love it. And I, all music is good, as you guys have correctly shown us. All music is good. Thank you very good. much for that. Um, and so I, I think that it would be polite for me to give it a 6.5 because I am not equal to the cleverness of this album and I must go and do my homework and try to appreciate um, what you guys have shown me. And thank you very much. That is that is $1,950 out of a possible $3,000 on the LR Legal unofficial sponsor billable scale. So they, those guys have really cleaned up this week. I mean, you know... Like talk about talk about making bank. We are definitely in the wrong industry here because these guys have basically sat back and watched in excess of close to twenty k roll in from legal fees from us, and 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 we don't dispute that. We understand the value of their work, and they've and, got uh, the brains. That's a that's just something 
They've got the brain. We've got the brains. We've got the hustle. Well, on that note, we should very much thank Kylie for coming in today. It was an absolute honour to have you. Maybe not so much to her, but definitely to us. No, we an absolute honour to me. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for having me in your room with you guys. Um, thank you for making your bed, Arik, and thank you for not letting the mattress fall on your head was. <laughs> I we really can't wait appreciate to he- hanging out with you guys. We can't wait to hear your new music. Thanks, Kylie. We appreciate it. Thanks for the education, you boys. See you guys next week. We will be back with episode number four uh, shortly. Was our closing remarks? Uh, well, next week, I think, without a doubt, we have to review the Barney McCall new album, which is being released tonight, Ooh, I believe, okay. and the new Taylor Swift album. We've got to go there. Yes. Okay, so Wazza's was was Jump the Shark and those those two are in the gun. Ladies and gentlemen, look forward to our guest reviewer next week, Niyasha, who will be joining us on the All Music Is Good podcast. Thank you again, Kylie. Thank you, Wazza, and we'll see you next week. Bye.